to the Big Ten Review Show podcast. I'm Josh with my co-host, Mario. What's going on, Mar? Hey, buddy. So we're through 11 weeks of the season now. Two more weeks left in the regular season. Should we get into it? Man, we, yeah, we're absolutely going to get into it here. We are two weeks from the game, and it is looking like uh, another game of the decade, man. It looks like like y- you can't miss it, right? Yeah, they're building up to that, man. Uh, both teams are on an absolute roll right now. Michigan and Ohio State both look unstoppable. We're two weeks away. I think we're, from the from the time we're recording this podcast, I think we're 12 days from kickoff. You know, dude, I, I got to ask. At this point, we were just cracking jokes about it. It seems like Iowa might fall into the Big Ten West. Like, they might stumble their way back and fall into the Big Ten West uh, or to represent the Big Ten West and in the Big Ten Championship. I've been trying to tell you all season. I've been trying to tell you all season. (laughs) And uh, they're killing you right now in our weekly picks, man. You've picked against them week after week. And uh, week after week, they're kind of kicking your butt. Against against them again this upcoming week. I don't even know who they're playing. I'm picking against them. I have a question, though. How many teams in the East would win the West? Michigan, Ohio State, I think, would win the West. Penn State, without a doubt. Penn State would win. I think Maryland would contend. Michigan State now looks like a really good football. T- well, I wouldn't say a really good football team. They're a much improved football team. They beat Illinois. Yeah, Michigan who- State in any other year would probably win that West. We talked about it last week. Conference division realignment is much needed in the Big Ten. It is much needed. It's not even close right now. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, as we look at this, I see a clear path to two teams battling out potentially for a playoff spot potentially for um you know they could both be going for the playoffs they could both get in or maybe one team wants to smack around the other team and make sure they have no chance it's going to be crazy and uh i know that that it's going to be it's going to be rowdy in columbus in a couple weeks yeah i think i'm of the opinion that even if michigan ohio state play a very tight very close game um i still don't see both teams making the college football playoff i think the committee well, obviously the one team, the winner will get in, but I think the committee is kind of focused on surrounding that one Big Ten team with three SEC teams, maybe a TCU. No, they we're going to make jokes about three SEC teams. They're never going to put three SEC teams in. No way that a one-loss Big Ten team does not get in over LSU with three losses. We're going to see it tonight. LSU. We're going to see it tonight at nine o'clock. LSU is going to jump up from seven to maybe six or five. Alabama is going to jump up from nine to maybe eight or seven. And there's still two weeks left. Anything can happen. I, none of those teams are getting in. I, I just can't see it happening. Now TCU, I think, jumps up probably to three when we see it, right? As we watch it, because they they had a nice quality win, but they have a tough uh, road ahead. Tennessee, in my opinion, unless they choke, they're in, right? Like they have. They've proven they're a really good football team. They're getting in Georgia. It doesn't matter. You're getting in at this point. It doesn't matter what happens there. I just can't see LSU getting in. And and it would take for Michigan or Ohio State to lose by 50 in the big in I say Big Ten championship, but really in in the game for something like crazy to happen. I just I can't picture that. Don't forget you USC still alive. We have USC UCLA this week. Um, our new Big Ten uh, teams coming in. Uh, there's still possibilities. There's still a lot in the mix. Clemson is still a one-loss team. Are they great? Probably not. North Carolina, one-loss team. It's uh, there's a lot at play, but I I think I don't think you could say three SEC teams. I got a sleeper for you. Yeah. How about the Hawkeyes, Iowa? 
Uh, Iowa will no, no. Uh, you are having an obsession with the Hawkeyes. If they sneak into sure that Big Ten is. title game and they put it on Ohio State or they put it on Michigan. How do you keep it. them out? Do you, you realize people are listening to this and going, "He's a nutcase. He's a nutcase." And and for those of you listening at home, he is a nutcase. There's no way he believes that. I want to make that clear. He just he's a he's a troll. I think that's what it is. Hey, why don't we get into these games from last week? <laughs> well, let's jump in and you know, I think as we look at these games, uh Mar, the first one I want to kind of dig into is this Ohio State game where they just put a uh just a whooping on the Hoosiers, man. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud might have reclaimed his spot as the Heisman favorite after this one. He was tremendous. I think he was just shy of 300 yards, five touchdowns. In my Big Ten biased opinion, I think the Heisman race should come down to him or Blake Corum, Michigan's running back. Back to this game, though. If you didn't see the game, Ohio State dominated from start to finish, put up, what, 21 points in the first quarter, and it was pretty much over after that. We keep talking, though, about these injuries for Ohio State that are piling up again no Smith and Jigba in this one. Again, no Travian Henderson in this one. And Mayan Williams, who was terrific in the first half, almost 150 yards in a touchdown, went down with an ankle injury, had to be carted off the field. As good as the Ohio State passing game has looked, if both of their star running backs are slated to miss some time here with injuries, things could get a little tough for them. They have Maryland this week, and then, like we've talked about, Michigan the following week. They need to get healthy. They absolutely have to get healthy. And, you know, Michigan, I'm just going to keep – draw the measuring stick between the two Michigan's a little injured too right and you're getting you're getting to that point in the season where things are going to be a little more difficult Maryland's coming up for Ohio State that's a tough game not an easy team I mean they've they've definitely lost track from the start of the season but not a team that's going to play you tough same thing with Michigan that Illinois a team that hits right like they are they play good defense so the the big thing for the Buckeyes get healthy get your running backs in gear the, the game looks like it's going to have some poor weather um, and so more important, you need to have those backs and Mayan Williams, he's a bruiser, man. Like he's not someone you want to see in the hole. I would completely agree. I will say, well, one quick thing about Indiana though, it's been a, a very rough two months for this program. I think we can both agree seven straight losses. They've had, uh, it's a rough two years. Yeah. They have two tough games too <laughs> left to, uh, round out the year. Uh, it's not really been the season they've hoped for, but, um, they may have found their quarterback of the future on Saturday. Connor, Connor Bazelik got benched. Dexter Williams came in. Williams came in, and he looked pretty good. All right, all right. Six for nineteen, Two touchdowns. seven yards. Uh, yeah, I, I, okay. Touchdowns are. It's just another stat in there. Six for nineteen. He ran the ball well, um, oh, relatively well. Sixteen carries for forty-six yards. Still under three yards per carry. Um, overall, though, I thought he 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 brought a different complexity to this team and added some value to, to what they're trying to do i just you know indiana it's tough man they just they they weren't physical enough they they just got beat up by ohio state and ohio state was putting up points late in the game let's let's not um you know say that it was all on uh, indiana here but um i don't know i the hoosiers got to figure it out it's they're three and seven again they're not having a good year they, they have to piece it together soon they do. It's not going to be this year, unfortunately. But for Ohio State, they keep rolling. They got Maryland next week. And uh, like I said, I, from the time we're recording this podcast, we're 12 days away from the big showdown. We are 12 days away. I, I can't get over it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll jump over to this other game, Mar. And um, this is one I I can't believe. I don't know who to pick. I, at this point, I'm so confused by Purdue and Illinois. I don't know 
who's going to win? I don't know. I, I We know that Purdue won. But I, going into this, I can't figure it out. And I can't figure out this fighting Illini team and, and where they're heading. I think at this point, with Chase Brown injured, I think I could probably draw a, a picture of the rest of their season. But, man, they started so hot, and they have just kind of fallen apart here. Yeah, I mean, it's been a disappointing two weeks if you're a fan of this Illinois program. They worked their way up to number 16 in the polls a few weeks back, and, and now it's back-to-back losses to Michigan State and Purdue. It doesn't get any easier either. Uh, they have Michigan next week. This was a testy game. I think there were, there were a ton of unsportsmanlike penalties. I don't know if you saw that. I think Illinois had 12 penalties for over 120 yards. And now that Big Ten West division is a mess. There's a four-way tie for first place at the moment between Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota. The tiebreakers are a mess as well. I tried to figure it out this morning, and I got a headache. Um, Purdue beat Illinois, but Iowa beat Purdue. But Illinois beat Iowa and Minnesota. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I don't know. I, I, honestly, we need to have like a a formula that, that identifies what's going to happen here. I'm not sure, but gosh, Illinois, I feel like I feel like they didn't help themselves out here. Now they have to go to the big house and beat Michigan for a chance. And and then Purdue has Northwestern and Indiana. I don't know if that makes puts them in to win it or, or however that works, but um tough game. And, and I gotta say, losing Chase Brown was tough. We talked about it all year long. How many times can you continue to carry him? Right? I, I give him the ball. I mean, you're talking thirty plus carries a game. Yes, he's a stud, but at the end of the day, that is really challenging. That's difficult on the body. I look at Blake Corm, I think a similar thing. Knock on one, I'm hoping nothing does happen, but you keep giving the, these these ball carriers the ball so much. I mean, you know, uh, luck, luck of the draw eventually leads to something that, that maybe isn't ideal for the player. Yeah, that's a lot of wear and tear, but credit to Purdue's defense. So, I mean, they were the first Big Ten team this year to hold Chase Brown to under 100 yards rushing. Unfortunately, like we mentioned, he did get hurt in that fourth quarter. It looked like he suffered what, a leg injury late in the game. I'm really hoping he's okay and, and able to play next week because that could be the best running back showdown in the Big Ten all season between Chase Brown and Blake Corum. And uh, Purdue's defense also picked off Tommy DeVito as his first interception since, since uh, September 10th. Purdue showed up this week. They impressed me. They needed this win, and, and credit to Brahm and that defense. Did you Really? Since September 10th? Yep. Wow. Good for Yeah, you're not kidding. He's sitting here with 15 touchdowns and three picks this year. He has been quietly very efficient for this team. And, and I know we talk about Chase Brown week in and week out, but Tommy DeVito's really stepped up. Yeah, he's been great. Oh. Uh, that Sy- he transferred in from Syracuse this year. He's been uh, kind of what they needed, kind of what they're that missing piece. And um, I don't know that Illinois turns it on next week, unfortunately, but uh, still a heck of a season that they're having. Heck of a season, but great win for Purdue. That, that's a that's a big one, um, in my opinion. Here, as we try to figure out the West, uh, but I can't navigate it at this point. Um, Mar, why don't we take a quick break? We have a few more games to go through. I know we're probably still going to talk about the game a little bit more. We got our Golden Chicken Award, but why don't we take a short break real quick? Sounds good, buddy. Let's do it. started with this Rutgers Michigan State game and really it, it wasn't much of a challenge I kind of expected a little bit more from Rutgers they're not a bad football team or, or they haven't performed bad but uh, Michigan State just continues to improve every week 
Yeah, this was a good win for the Spartans. That's now two in a row. Um, it was just a few weeks ago that you, you and I were talking about them possibly not making it to bowl season. Well, I mean, they're only one win away now. Uh, Peyton Thorne played really well in this one. Rutgers had a difficult time stopping the passing attack. Uh, both of these teams were very efficient on the ground. I believe they both averaged over five yards per carry. Um, similar to what we were just talking about, though, uh, with Illinois, the penalties hurt this Rutgers team. 14 total penalties for over 100 yards. You're making it very difficult on yourself at that point. Um, both of these teams are still alive for, for the bowl season. Like I just mentioned with Michigan State, they only need one win in their final two games to qualify, and they have Indiana and Penn State to close out their season. Rutgers' path to a bowl game is a little more difficult. They'll need to win their final two games, and unfortunately those games are against Penn State and Maryland. So uh, good, good luck, Rutgers. Probably not happening. You know, Michigan State is looking at staring down a six-win season if they beat Indiana, which I would say is a good chance this week. But even more importantly, you know, they've had a lot of troubles this year, but they end up going to play Penn State at the end of this year. I feel like that's a good matchup. It's maybe a, a good measuring stick to say, hey, we improved. Um, with that being said, I think I think Penn State's for real. I think it's a good football team that ran into to two buzz saws with Michigan and Ohio State. Um, so I would take Penn State in that game. But right now, Michigan State's improving. They've, they've looked a lot better over the last few weeks and and you love to see it from uh from mel tucker and his gang yeah credit to michigan state credit to the spartans because like we just said a few weeks ago it looked like they're dead in the water and uh they, they've turned it around these past few weeks and they, they've kept their season season alive and more than likely they're gonna be playing in a bowl game in december i would agree well hey we're gonna go over uh, across the state of michigan we had another game uh gosh it might have been I love Big Ten football. I love good defense. I actually really enjoy how Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa play football. Like just they, they would run first, play action. But this game, there were there it was it was almost uh it was almost I wanna say boring. That's not a good choice in word. But like there was there was nothing Michigan just like beat them up from start to finish. There was nothing to it. Yeah, so this game featured the uh, the hurdle heard around the world. Um, not going to break <laughs> it down, but uh, if you know, you know. Um, I said earlier in this podcast, the Heisman race should come down to C.J. Stroud and Blake Corum, and Blake Corum was fantastic in this one. Again, over 150 yards. He leads the country in rushing touchdowns. Uh, he had another one say, on Saturday. It, it was like a quiet 150 yards. Like, you didn't even notice he had 150, and then he had 150. It's crazy. Yeah, I didn't realize it until I checked the box score at the end of the game, but uh, again, man, that guy is just... Just in total, this whole Michigan team looked really good in this one. They were in control all afternoon. Uh, I highlighted Trey Palmer last week on the podcast, who is an extremely talented receiver for this Cornhouse Cruise team, and Michigan was able to shut him down almost completely. Um, I do want to mention before we get too far that Nebraska was missing their quarterback for this one. Casey Thompson was sidelined with an injury. Him being healthy obviously would have helped this team, but I think ultimately Michigan would have won this one regardless. And now we're two weeks away from the game, Michigan-Ohio State. Yeah, not even that. Chava Purdy got injured, so they went to Logan Smothers, their third-string quarterback. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's rough for Nebraska, and I'm not going to blame Trey Palmer for this one. If you don't have someone to get you the ball, it makes it really challenging. I want to go back to the running backs for Michigan one more time. Um, Blake Corum had 162 yards with a long of 12. Okay, C.J. Stokes had a long of 17. They ran for 264 over five yards a pop, and the long was 17. That is really hard to do. So Michigan was just, if, if you watch this game, Michigan was just taking chunks at a time, like five, seven, 
five, eight. Like they just kept taking chunks of yards, but they could not hit the home run. Um, and it really is a testament to that offensive line. And that's why I say, I, I, you know, that it was, I don't want to say boring, but that's why I said it was a, it was an uninteresting game because this team just ran five to seven yards at a time and, and no home runs or anything. It was actually really interesting to watch in a way. It's kind of like, what did I say a a few weeks ago? Like, it's like a snake that just kind of squeezes something until it, until it dies here. That's what Michigan does. Um, but I, I got to say kudos to the Wolverines. Another good win by running the ball. Um, but there's one thing they got to figure out, and that passing attack looked terrible. I, you can blame, on, blame it on whoever you want. I mean, J.J. was inaccurate at times. I think that was an issue. The receivers are getting zero separation. I think the pass rush is, is getting to them a little bit. They need to be better. And right now, as they're trying to figure it out two weeks before the game, I, I would be I'm ready to sound the alarms if I'm if I'm Michigan right now. Yeah, I completely agree. The the one note I had to myself when I was watching the game on Saturday was that it just didn't look sharp. It didn't look like the timing was uh, was all there between the receivers and JJ, and that's something you would assume would be there by week eleven in the season, right? This is JJ's second year in the program. Obviously, he didn't start last year, but um, you, you would imagine that that rapport and that timing would be perfect by now and it just doesn't seem like it seems like it's almost regressing slowly very little it does seem like it's regressing and and i gotta say a couple of these deep balls there was a couple blamed on jj the there was a long one i think to andrell anthony i believe for michigan and andrell kind of slowed up so it it caused an over or you know it looked like an overthrow there was another one to a receiver i think cornelius johnson went through his hands like it seems like JJ is getting the ball there, but him and his receivers are not on the same page. And and you're right. It just looks kind of sloppy in a way. And I think the struggle is Michigan has not had to throw the ball to win. They haven't been in one of those circumstances where they're like, all right, JJ, the, the game's on your, your shoulders. Like we need you to do it right now. They're throwing as a luxury, like against Nebraska. I think Michigan was up seven, nothing. And, and they're sitting there airing it out like on their second and third drive. Like, like they're almost toying with Nebraska. Like, hey, we're going to figure out our offense. Like, they didn't – it was so lax of days of cold. They didn't – they knew that they were going to have control of this game when they tried to run the ball. But but that's not a way to, to tune up the offense. I think they need a, a live circumstance where, hey, we're down 7 or 14. We've got to hit the air. Uh, and unfortunately, they may not get that until they're in Columbus. And you go down 14 points on the road, and you got to hit the air. Well, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, so, so I guess if if you're Michigan, you're hoping that you can tune it up this week against Illinois. Which, spoiler alert, you're probably not. Um, you hope that you can pound the rock against Ohio State and maybe tune up in the Big Ten championship. But um, I, I would be a little alarmed at this point. Yeah, I think they're going to get tested these next few weeks because they're playing two fantastic defenses back-to-back with Illinois and Ohio State. Let's see how they look. But for now, they keep rolling. They keep rolling. Yeah, I, here's the thing. If you're sitting here picking apart a team that's 10-0, I mean, that that's kind of a luxury, you know? <laughs> uh, but the, uh, the Michigan keeps rolling. Ohio State keeps rolling. And you know who else keeps rolling? Penn State just... Puts it to the Terrapins, man. Thirty to zero. What happened here for the Terrapins? Yeah. So for me, the most shocking Big Ten stat of the day on Saturday was zero. Maryland scored zero points on Saturday. Penn State is a really good team with a really good defense and an extremely good secondary. But 
I don't even know how this happens. I mean, Maryland's offense is explosive. This has been their calling card all season, and it was just a struggle for them all afternoon. Penn State got after Tonga Vailoa, sacked him seven times. They were in the backfield all day creating pressure and causing havoc. Uh, and Penn State, I mean, we've talked about it all season, continues to look impressive on the ground. The combination of Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen kind of, I, I want to get your take on this. The, that that duo kind of reminds me of the tandem of Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders that Penn State had a few years ago, who was probably the best tandem ever in college football that I had seen. Um, and, and just a reminder to the entire country, Nicholas Singleton is only a freshman. Uh, this guy is going to be a huge problem for all of college football over the next few years. God, I would tell you what... I. If you are in the Big Ten right now, you do not want to play these guys for a while. These guys are going to be studs, right? And and then you're talking about a young quarterback too, like Drew Aller. Like they're getting them the reps right now. If this team is about to win ten games with these freshmen playing, look out! This team is for real. Penn State actually looks like they're getting ready to to make make another run to the top ten. Like they're with the way people are dropping, they might be a top ten football team pretty soon. Very well, could be. Hey, question for you. Did you see the on-sportsman-like penalty that James Franklin got? I don't think I did. Remind so, me. So he got flagged for on-sportsman-like conduct for screaming at his own players on the field, which is something I've never seen before. What? Yep. He, so he, they have a rule at Penn State. You got to be accountable. So he dropped down on the sideline right on the spot and did 15 push-ups. Oh, I did see that. I did. See, that's, that's, why, that's why he did it? Yep, he was. He got flagged on sportsman like uh, flag for yelling at his own players on the field. Come on, come what on. What is this coming to? I don't know. Uh, it's funny though. You, I, I could blame officiating all day and, and look and say we made some mistakes, but I look across the country and then I, I'm kind of like, all right, I'll take Big Ten officiating. It, it's wild to me that there's zero accountability across the board for that. But um, hey, man, Penn State keeps rolling another big win for uh the nittany lions this team is looking like they're for real uh, uh Mar- real quick before we, we move on though i want to say congratulations to sean clifford on saturday he became penn state's all-time passing yardage leader he passed trace mcsorley with 10,023 yards congratulations sean clifford you know it's funny even us or, or other people there's a lot of criticisms of sean clifford and, and some of the obstacles he faces. But you know what? He's produced. He's done a lot of great things for Penn State. And here he is leading, staring down a 10-win season. Like, uh, a, lot of, a lot of teams, you know, wish they had that. And he, here he is staring it down. I mean, uh, congratulations to him. Thanks for bringing that up, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we got two more games, but I think, you know, I think now is a good time for a short break. Why don't we come back, go through our two games, come back with our golden chicken as well? Let's do it. How could we not start with Wisconsin, Iowa, the game of, I don't know, does anyone want to win? I don't know what even went down here. 24 to 10, Iowa wins. Um, effectively, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, I think that take, takes Wisconsin out of Big Ten West play. If not, it, it's pretty darn close. Um, congratulations to Iowa winning. Uh, 
while only gaining 146 yards on offense. I'm not sure if that's a record, but that's got to be close. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey, my friend. Um, And as your friend, I need to advise you to stop picking against Iowa because like we talked about earlier, they're killing you right now in our weekly picks. And I am so excited. And do you know why? Because last week on the podcast, you said that if Iowa looked good against Wisconsin and if they look good against Minnesota this week, that you would issue a public apology to them on this podcast. And guess what? We're only one week away now from that apology being issued. All jokes aside, though, Iowa has looked really good these past few weeks. They've scored 24 more points in three straight games. Spencer Petrus is coming on strong down the stretch of the season. And that defense continues to be so damn good. They forced three more turnovers in this one. They took an interception back for a touchdown. They had a huge 41-yard punt return in the third quarter, which led uh, to another scoring drive. Iowa has won 13 straight games in the month of November. They are bowl eligible now. They are also now tied for the Big Ten West lead. They have two very winnable games left on their schedule, first Minnesota and Nebraska. And they walk out of this game with the Heartland Trophy in hand. This was a big win for the Hawkeyes. How do you win a game with 146 yards? It's crazy. We've made jokes all year about their defense winning games. They are literally winning games. I want to see them in... I don't even know who I want to see. I want to see a big bowl game with them. I just want to see that defense against another high-powered. I, you know what? Who's the second-best defense in football? Because I want to see that. Uh, right I, now, I, just, I mean, right now, you pit Iowa up against Georgia. I don't know who, who I'd give the edge to. Get out of here, dude. You are crazy. <laughs> you are a crackhead, I swear. But, I mean, they kept Braylon Allen to 40 yards. Graham Mertz. 16 for 35, uh, a touchdown and two picks. I, I can't say I'm, I'm shocked by that. Petrus didn't even hit 100 yards passing, <laughs> and they win this football game. He didn't game. need to, man. It he just, did what he needed to do and got the win. He did what he needed to do, which was throw the pick twice. Throw up two, Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking Petrus. He did exactly what he needed to do. He, he handed the ball off. He let his defense win in the football game. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable to me. But you know what? I, I, I'm not mad at it. I'm really not. I think it's so funny. I just wish they had a little bit better offensive play when they played Ohio State because I would have liked to see what that would have looked like if their defense wasn't wasn't starting with Ohio State at the 35 every play every drive like Ohio State that score looks like a huge blowout but Ohio State was struggling in the red zone again really moving the ball against Iowa they just happened to be set up in the red zone before anything else so I would love to see that again if we could go back. How do you feel about this comp for Spencer Petras? Jimmy Garoppolo. No. no. An elite game manager. He's Pair not him up an with elite. a great defense. Watch out. He is not, He does have a great defense. What do you mean? Spencer Petras is not... I don't even see why I'm having this argument at this point. It's like talking to a crazy person. Um, <laughs> but Iowa, just congratulations to them. 24-10 to with a big win. And you just alluded to this, Minnesota, who they have this upcoming week. Look, Minnesota is not exactly an offensive juggernaut right now, but they do have Mo Ibrahim, and, and he's he's a beast. I mean, he proved it again this week. And Minnesota beats up on Northwestern 31-3. to Yeah, let's start with Ibrahim. 178 yards, three touchdowns. It's the 18th straight time that he's rushed for over 100 yards. It's the longest streak in the country since 2000. He also became the seventh player in Big Ten history with 50 career rushing touchdowns. Congratulations to him. Uh, Minnesota controlled the ball for 40 minutes in this one. Josh, that's the fourth time they've done that this season, which is extremely impressive. 
Um, Minnesota had a rough stretch there in the middle of their season with losses to Purdue, Illinois, and Penn State. But they've really turned around in the last month. I mean, they've looked inspired. Uh, they went back to playing the way that they were that first month of the season when they were just dominating, and they dominated Northwestern in this one. That's now three straight wins for them. They're tied for the Big Ten West uh, division. Do you see the stat? Northwestern used four different quarterbacks in this one. I did see that they used four different quarterbacks. I'm not sure that is a recipe for success. But when you're one and nine, I don't know that you have the recipe for success that year. So you got to figure it out. I will say congratulations to Minnesota. They they dominated, um, you know, time of possession that usually wins you some football games. I do wonder though. It's so funny. Minnesota minus that month of October with losses to Purdue, Illinois, and Penn State. They have been pretty dominant. I mean, I am excited for these next two weeks with them playing Iowa and Wisconsin. I think they can give Iowa a run for their money. Um, I, I got, I think the over under was like 32 points or something like that. I, and to be honest, I do want to almost go with the under on that one, but um, that'll be an interesting defensive battle with little offense. If you ask me. So that game next week against not to get too ahead of ourselves, but that game next week against Iowa could get pretty tough for Minnesota. If they don't have Tanner Morgan back, he sat this one out with injury you, you throw a backup quarterback in against that Iowa defense, uh, good luck. I just think, though, Mo, Mo Ibrahim will be the best player on that field, right? And and realistically, I don't know. Sam Laporta is fantastic for Iowa, but you also have to trust that someone well, can get him the ball. Let me just let me um, counter that with saying, is Ibrahim better? Would you take Ibrahim over Jack Campbell? You said Ibrahim would be the best great player question. on the field. I That's think great, they're 1A, 1B. The I mean, best offensive player on the field, in my opinion. I think he has a chance to be explosive, right? Jack Campbell can't he can't do he can't do it all on defense. Now, don't get me wrong, that whole defense is really solid. But all it takes is one play from Mo Ibrahim. I don't know that Iowa has the offensive firepower to do that. With that being said, I think this is going to be a tight battle. I think Mo Ibrahim's going to struggle to to run the ball because I if I'm Iowa, I'm, I'm just selling out on the run, right? I'll sit in a, a cover a cover one the entire game and say, hey, we'll, we'll keep one safety back, but we're just we're just not going to allow um, you to run the football. We'll see. I'm intrigued by that game, honestly, but congratulations to Minnesota. They are now 7-3. and three. I'm not sure if they're in, in Big Ten West contention because everybody's in Big Ten West contention, except for you, Northwestern. You're 1-9. Uh, <laughs> Maybe next year. So, Mark, we've We've gone through every game. It, it was actually a pretty good week of football. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, we're lining up for the the next week, and then we're lining up for the game. Everybody in America will be watching it. Um, you and I will be watching it, uh, I, and uh, we're going to watch it together. We just talked about it. We did it last year. It was uh, it was fun. I think we're going to have to do it again. It's going to be a lot of fun fun to see these two teams play. Can't wait. You know what else I can't wait for? What? It's helmet sticker time. Helmet sticker time, which is known as our Golden Chicken Award. Mar, who are you picking this week? So I actually have two honorable mentions for our Golden Chicken Award in Week 11. Uh, the first is Cameron Babb, wide receiver at Ohio State. Uh, this is a really cool story. Wasn't that cool? Yeah, former four-star recruit. His football career has been just derailed with, with knee injuries. Had four ACL surgeries. He's finally back now in 2022. Ohio State named him a team captain, and he caught his first touchdown pass on Saturday. It was a really cool moment. Congratulations to that young man. That gave me goosebumps. You know, uh, th- that just puts in perspective how, how much 
it's bigger than the sport. You know what I mean? Like just to see him catch a touchdown. That was so cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, my second honorable mention is uh, Cal Halliday, linebacker, Michigan State. Uh, last week, he was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. And this week, he had an even better game, 19 tackles. 19 Holy tackles. 19 tackles. Three and a half of those tackles were for loss. And he's been an absolute wrecking ball these past few weeks. But my game ball for week 11 is going to Iowa defensive back Cooper DeGene. 10 tackles, an interception for 32 yards, and a touchdown. Four punt returns for a total of 82 yards. He was a big reason why Iowa beat Wisconsin so decisively on Saturday. And he gets my Golden Chicken Award for week 11. He's a great choice. I mean, he is a big reason why. We just talked about Iowa not moving the, the football. They couldn't do it offensively, but it doesn't matter when you got people like Cooper DeGene I think he was just, taking the ball away. Yeah, he was just creating short fields for that offense. That's that's the way you got to look at it. He's he's creating short fields so his kicker can uh, – his, his kicker can – honestly, they should just roll out with the kicker if, if they're in the uh, opponent territory. But just, you know, you don't want to risk the turnover. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot a little bit here and – this one is almost a culmination of the year. I've been really impressed by, really, it's not one, it's not It's not just one player in general, but it's two. It's two players, and I'll give it to one in particular this week, but but I, I want to go to both here. They didn't have these flashy stats, but Nicholas Singleton, 11 carries, 122 yards, two touchdowns. Catron Allen, 16 carries, 73 yards. This duo, we talked about it earlier, this duo has been fantastic this year. They are single-handedly fixing the run game at Penn State. I cannot be more excited to watch them these next couple of years. And I'm hoping they both stick around. You know, in the transfer portal, it's so easy to go elsewhere and, and get more playing time. I think this fits them both perfectly if they have NFL aspirations. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really excited for this this team. And, you know, kind of, I, I know this is huge conclusions to draw, but they remind me of Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders, if you remember them. It sounds like somebody very smart, had uh, kind of put that idea in your head. I don't know. You're calling me really smart? Thanks, man. You know, no, they, they draw conclusions very similar to that. But I, I'm excited for the future of this team. Penn State, we're talking potential 10-win team. They, they have eight wins right now. But these, these running backs are for real. These guys are studs. I, I can already see in, in a year, in two years, they are going to be in Heisman contention. Uh, really good football players. And, and so congratulations to them. They have my golden chicken award of this week that was a really good pick hey you mentioned the transfer portal uh and you mentioned two running backs there's another running back uh at wisconsin maybe we wait till after the season to talk about it but there's some interesting rumors about uh one mr braylon allen do you believe it i don't know you're gonna have to wait and see until we do the podcast that's i don't know I, there there's some interesting rumors and we don't like to go on the rumor mill but that is I kind of believe it, right? One thing that Mario and I have talked about now for, for a couple of years is Michigan is, I would think if you're a, a, a high-end running back, like it's got to be one of the premier spots to go right now, right? Hey, we're going to give you the ball 20 to 30 times a game uh, if, if you're a stud. Um, we're going to make, our receivers are going to block for you. That's something we're going to do. We're going to have one of the best offensive lines in football. And, and it's going to run through you. I mean, in the recruiting, now, I want to add the, the asterisk here. Recruiting rankings don't really mean a whole lot. They do and they don't. Like, you could be a three-star. I think Blake Corum was a three-star back. We'll look at him today. Um, you know, and, but Michigan hasn't gotten that, like, 
Nick, Nicholas Singleton that's popped in, right? Like someone that you know is going to be a surefire stud early on. And so this, you almost wonder, like, is Braylon Allen looking at this going, man, if I was running behind this line, I'd be running for 10 yards to carry. I, I can't help but think maybe the when there's smoke, there's there's a little bit of fire going on. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason with the transfer portal. we got teams like Michigan State who just go nuts in the transfer portal. And you got other teams who are kind of um, kind of stay put, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and I wonder in the transfer, you know, I think of Michigan State last year, and then this is my last thing on the transfer portal. I think last year, right, they, they hit the gold mine, right? I mean, Kenneth Walker the third. let's be real, he probably, I'm just, I'm still mad for, for Spartan fans. He should have been in the Heisman final three, like he, he was, or final four. He was, he was for real. Um, and Mel Tucker is still sending him royalty checks for uh, what he did and, and, and helping him get that contract. But this year, you know, Michigan State went heavily into the transfer portal. And it, this is kind of what you expect was a rough start to the year as the team meshes. And then you build up throughout the year. Um, and that's kind of more the reality. It'll be interesting to see if we see more of that. It takes time for those players to mesh and to have those relationships on the team. I, I'm intrigued to see it, but... Um, I'm sure Michigan State will just reload and be ready to go next year. I'm excited to see it. Should we wrap this up tonight? Let's wrap it up. It was a fun night. Hey, thank you, everyone, for the support. We appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and look for us on Twitter at BTR Show Pod. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you guys next time.